Welcome to Hack the Interview. We're your hosts. I'm Adrian, And I'm Laureen. We're sisters, recruiters, and business partners with the Atlas Group, an organization that helps to diversify the talent pool for tech teams using data, all while helping job seekers navigate the entire job search process. So today is a special day because we're here with Lizzie Wong. She is the head of data and analytics at The Skim. She's an Aussie native now living in New York who has been working in tech for over 10 years from big four consulting to pre and post IPO startups like Blue Apron. She has experience in hiring for and building technical teams across data, product, and engineering and is passionate about leading teams with empathy while embracing individuality, diversity, and acknowledgement that life is not just work. In her free time, she likes to dance, play tennis, lie down in parks, and chat. She'll chat to anybody about anything. So Lizzie, welcome. Thank you so much for being here with us. Uh, tell us more about yourself. Tell us where you're from and a little bit about your background. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm really excited about what you guys are doing. I wish I had you guys as a resource when I was first looking for jobs in my 20s. I was definitely very lost. Uh, but yeah, okay, a little bit about myself, Australian, if you can't tell from my accent. Uh, I am currently the VP of Data and Analytics at The Skim. For those who are listening that don't know us, um, we are a mission-driven company and we're focused on millennial women and we're dedicated to providing content that allows her to live her smartest life. Um, so we're nine years old. We were founded by two women, Kali and Danielle, much like you guys, um, and we started off with news. And most people will know us for the Daily Skim newsletter, which is a daily email newsletter that breaks down the news. But we do other things now, like other verticals such as money, world career, and so we've moved into other products, like we have now multiple newsletters, an app, podcasts, educational webinars, and stuff like that. Yeah, so we have a dedicated following. We want to build high-touch products that really allow us to create a two-way dialogue with um, women, and every woman is different. So that's why technology, and particularly data science, is important. So um, at The Skim, I lead a centralized data team. We're comprised of data engineering, data science, data analytics, and user research. Um, last year, I also led the product team. It was the start of the pandemic. It was insane. We launched multiple new products. We were all on Zoom. I mean, it's such a ride, you know, for everybody, I think, last year to kind of try and create a strong, creative, collaborative culture remotely, but we did it. Um, but yeah, 2020 was kind of insane. So any uh, other things about me? I live in New York. I love to eat and travel like most Aussies. I stay active, play tennis, very social. I love people. I love dancing. I love chatting. I love music, all that good stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Amazing. And so it sounds like you've had such a amazing already uh, career in tech, but how, how did you get started into tech and what kind of brought you brought you into the tech side of things? Very non-traditional. So um, I actually studied law. Um, I have two degrees in law, which of which I do not use. So it's like I'm going to have one degree in law, but I'm also going to do another one. Just two law just degrees. Just what just is that? I got a JD and I have a master's. So it's like, hey, I don't think law is right for me. I'm going to do a master's just to make doubly sure it's not right for me. I was a little lost. Um, yeah, and I have a finance degree as well. So I, I started. I, I mean, you know, I got to the point 
where I was so confused. I was really disheartened. I was like, I graduated with, you know, seven years behind me. I was like, oh no, I don't know if I want to be a lawyer. What do I do? And I had never really asked myself that. I was like, what do you want? Um, I, so I dabbled in a number of different things. Um, but um, while I was trying to work it out, I actually worked at a call center at a bank and I was doing fraud prevention and doing really sexy things like calling people up and confirming transactions. Um, <laughs> and from there, um, they I started understanding trends. I was like, hey, I'm seeing a trend with these kinds of transactions. They're all making being made in this kind of zip code and with that kind of merchant. Mm-hmm. And the, from there, like my manager was like, well, you should do fraud investigations. Um, and so I started doing fraud investigations and identifying like large fraud rings and saving lots of money. And then they realized you should be an analyst. And so then that's when I learned how to code. And so on the job, that's why I learned SQL and how, you know, all my technical skills, um, which was totally by accident. And um, and then eventually, uh, so I was in New York for a holiday and Ernst Young was actually looking to build out their fraud and financial crimes uh, like consulting technical practice and I spoke with someone and they brought me over and that's how I ended up in New York uh, in 2014. I consulted with them for nearly three years you know I was moving around the country and that's where I really learned project management and yeah it was still very technical but I was also sort of interfacing with a lot of high senior stakeholders Um, And I got to a point where I really wanted to have more impact and, you know, get into the startup world, work for a mission driven company. Uh, And that's uh, so the end of 2016, there was this this unicorn called Blue Apron and I had uh, I knew some people there and um, I really loved the space and, and the idea of a mission driven company. So I moved there pre IPO. And what a ride, like I was there for, you know, two and a half years at the cent- in the centralized analytics team. Uh, and then uh, 2000, uh, beginning of 2019, the skim found me and moved me over to lead their data team and to build a team of my own. So, um, yeah, I've been there for two and a half years. Um, and, yeah, I'm definitely a story of uh, someone that did not study data science or computer science or even engineering but learned on the job and then found my differentiator and then moved from there. Yeah. That's amazing. We actually just posted a podcast uh, earlier this week from Lisa Schisler over at Netflix. She started her career out as a librarian. And then yeah, I actually listened to that. Yeah. Oh, Oh, nice. (laughs) So incredible. Yes. Yeah. So like, how do you feel like your background in law, like, did that, did, did that transfer at all? Did it help you in your job today? Was there any crossover? I mean, absolutely. It's all about problem solving, you know, um, being communicative, being persuasive. I think, you know, especially within data and analytics, like you need to be able to construct arguments and be persuasive. You, You know, you're only as strong as, as getting buy-in from your stakeholders and from getting someone to say yes or or getting someone to like make a decision. So I liken it to, I used to construct arguments out of words. Now I construct it out of numbers. So I think that like, it really, I think law is a really good foundational uh, sort of um, area so that you can learn how to problem solve because at the end of the day, that's what it becomes about. And then it becomes about selling. I think it's, selling your ideas, selling yourself, 
Um, and a lot of that is being persuasive. So absolutely, very transferable, yeah. And someone that is uh, pivoting into tech, how would you suggest they present themselves to be or sound relevant? I think it's really looking at your own experiences and being able to translate that to the job that you're applying for. I think um, much like what I just did then, like I you know, had a narrative around how law is very relevant to sort of what I'm doing right now. I think everything is transferable. Um, at the end of the day, the core skills of what you're trying to do in every industry is, you know, you're, you're solving problems, but you're just solving problems in a different way or solving different kinds of problems. So um, I always, when I'm looking at candidates, I'm like, it's, it's, it's willingness, not necessarily readiness with like what you see in front of you. Um, and you should never sort of judge a book by its cover. Um, what I wanna see is, you know, research around the job and the company, you know, how do you think about solving problems, your ability to communicate, curiosity, stuff like that. Uh, being able to ask the right questions, not necessarily having the right answers. So it really is just sort of looking at your own experiences, seeing how you can um, create your story um, around what they're looking for um, and, you know, just be yourself. Um, try, try to just like, you know, use what you have and, um, and go from there. I love what you said, research around the job, curiosity, asking the right questions, problem solving, you know, looking at your experience and creating a story around that. That's, that's great advice. And I want to touch on one thing that you mentioned earlier, which is you said that um, you came up or um, I guess identified your differentiator. So how does someone figure out what their differentiator is? Uh, I mean, you definitely get feedback from people. I think your differentiator, I mean, mine is sort of being able to communicate and having that sort of law background and being able to sort of translate from like technical to non-technical. Um, and, you know, it, it takes some time to be self-aware. So sometimes you just need to ask someone and sometimes your differentiator isn't always your strength. So sometimes you just like need to, 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 to do, do some research on like what, what exactly you want to specialize in. Um, so maybe you're, you know, actually doing some research into like new industries like maybe it's like decentralized finance or something that like do I have like do, do I want to specialize in something that's going to differentiate me um but you know the softer skills are extremely important as well like um being able to sort of understand you know um am I good at relationship managing um am I good at listening um am I good at sort of like being able to speak to people and like get buy-in so um I think definitely talk to people first um and then also like do some research around what you want to do and what will make you stand out in that particular industry that you want to be in um and I also like to say like let your personality shine through don't be scared to like be authentic and like, you know, uh, I always think being happy at work, one of the main components is to be able to show up as your authentic self. So as you're interviewing, um, don't be afraid to let that personality come through. And um, that is also your differentiator. Um, and it will make sure that, um, you know, you're going to be happy where you are and that you're going to be able to do that, um, show up as your authentic self. 
Um, another interesting differentiator, which people sometimes don't think about is, you know, recruiting and having a, a large network. Sometimes, you know, it's really, it, talent's really hard right now. It's a really, really tough market. It's great for everyone that's interviewing right now. Um, but if you know people that you can bring with you, if you know, you know, you've just graduated from a boot camp or something like that, like you can uh, differentiate is like, hey, I, I have a lot of people that I know that, you know, are you hiring for other jobs? I can bring along a whole slew of people. Uh, that's also really, really compelling as well. So, yeah, there's a whole bunch of different things that you can use as your differentiator for sure. Love that. And I love that you said your personality too, because that's something that no one can duplicate. You know, yes. everyone has a, um, it's, it's, it's unique to everyone. I love that. And um, who should you be asking feedback from? And, and why do you think, you know, receiving feedback is so important? I mean, definitely start with your manager. I mean, if you already have a job, you know, um, if you're still searching for a job, then it's maybe not as relevant, but I think, Feedback is, you know, uncomfortable. Feedback is, is sometimes like something, it's, it's something you need to exercise. Uh, it's a muscle you need to exercise just like any other muscle. Mm -hmm. So, you know, being proactive around actually soliciting feedback is kind of the main thing from your manager. I have someone in my team, um, we have formal bi-weekly feedback sessions. I think that's really important to sort of carve out that time so it takes out the discomfort of hey do you have any feedback for me it's more like hey we have 15 minutes every two weeks um maybe you come with nothing maybe you come up with like a whole different like number of things but we have this time carved out and we don't need to use it but i would love to have ongoing feedback um so yeah manager first for sure peers stakeholders i mean like if you're in um, a meeting that maybe doesn't go as well as you wanted it to, uh, you know, don't be courageous, ask them why, you know, it doesn't even need to be in a work context, maybe take them out for a Zoom coffee or something like that, mm -hmm. be human to human, just ask them, hey, how could that have gone better, stuff like that. So I think um, feedback, soliciting feedback from, 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 from anybody is kind of, you know, uncomfortable, but if you're not uncomfortable, then you're not learning. So um, mm -hmm. just keep practicing. Yeah. Yeah, that was going to be my next thing is what if I'm really bad at taking any type of criticism or feedback? I mean, that's even a great start in and of itself to even know that you're like to be self-aware enough to know, oh, my God, I'm bad at feedback. I'm bad at getting criticism. It's like is this is the first step. Um, I think to like take a step back, I think if you know that you're bad, you're you're sort of not the greatest at receiving feedback. It's there's no harm in sort of like taking a moment and saying, hey, thank you. Thank you so much for the feedback. Even if you're like feeling defensive and you're like, oh, that's that person's not right about me. Um, right. Say like, say thank you. Thank you. I need some time to process this. I will come back to you. And then really think about it. Like take away the emotion because at the end of the day, you're, you're you know, you're a professional. Like um, you're you need to sort of like, think about it in a way that is like not, you know, this isn't a personal affront to me. This is someone that is trying to, this is, I'm grateful for this. Someone is trying to, to grow me and to, to develop me. So um, even if you don't agree with it, I do think like every inf interaction you have, every information you get is a learning experience. Um, and, you know, craft your response and be like, Hey, I want to address your feedback. You know, if you, if you, if you need more context, 
be like, hey, can you please give me some examples on, on when I did this and how can I change my behavior um, and, you know, ask questions. Um, and if it's the case that you don't agree with them, you learn to provide feedback yourself in back to them in a way that is professional. And I think also that's a, that's a good segue into like another way that you can learn to receive feedback. I think having empathy for the person that's giving the feedback is really important. And it's also, so like giving feedback is like hard, right? So if you train yourself to give feedback, then you're going to be able to receive feedback even better because you know how hard it is to give it. So I think if you create empathy, um, then it becomes far less scary and, uh, uh, much easier to sort of understand that this is not coming out of place of like, you know, it's not uh, sort of coming from a bad place. It's right. really coming from a place of like concern and like growth. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I know we've kind of touched on, you know, self-awareness, communication, uh, listening and, um, uh, you know, get, getting and, and giving feedback. Um, and empathy. Why do you feel that soft skills are just so important? I mean, I think that, you know, you know, coming from technical fields and analytics, you can, you can be the best coder, you can have the best analytical mind in the world. Um, but if you can't communicate out your ideas, and if you can't bring people on the journey, and sometimes people don't bring people on the journey, they're just so, they're so interested in sort of getting their ideas out there that they're, they don't realize like, hey, to get buy-in, you actually, and to have influence, you really need to bring people along with you. Um, without that, you, and because sometimes from a technical side, from a, from a technical field, you, you aren't the ultimate decision maker. Like you have an idea and you have, you see something in the data, but you're not the ultimate stakeholder that's going to make the decision. So having those soft skills to really, influence your stakeholders and to really convey your ideas is like extremely important. And um, and like, if you wanna be impactful at the end of the day, you have to get those decisions made. And I mean, I, a lot, most of my team are introverts. Like I, I'm, I hear it for all the introverts out there. It's really, really difficult, but it's like being able to hone those soft skills is really like a skill like anything else and something that you can practice and kind of get good at, yeah. Yeah. So how, how, how do you recommend or how do you work with your team um, to get better? Like if their soft skills are lacking and, and how does someone know if their soft skills are lacking? I mean, uh, so to answer your second question first, I mean, definitely feedback. I think feedback at the end of the right. day, yeah. If yeah. You, your ideas aren't getting across and you're feeling misunderstood, you're going to feel it. Like you're going right. to be like, oh, wow, they did not get me. And I don't understand why I did not get that. Why did I not get the outcome? Um, so if you're not getting results and you're, you're feeling a little disheartened and you're, you know, people aren't kind of responding to you, then you're like, okay, maybe I got to do something about this. Um, but um, as I kind of alluded to before, uh, and I think we make a distinction in the workplace because hard skills are easier to sort of transfer than soft skills, but skills are skills, you know, how you obtain them and how you grow them and how you become an expert is exactly the same. It's practice. It's lots of practice, making yourself feel uncomfortable. Like 
when I started Python, I hated it. I was like, oh, I'm never going to get this. But I continued at it. Like, you just have to practice it. Um, you do online courses. You get a mentor. Um, uh, particularly for those soft skills, I mean, at the skim, we did courses on like providing feedback, managing, negotiating. We did this with a company called MindGym. But there's honestly, there's online courses and the same and the same companies that do sort of the harder skills and like how do you you know learn SQL or how do you learn React? It like you can go to Coursera, Udemy, edX. You can ask your manager. You can ask people. You know how how you know what courses do you recommend? What books can I read? Um, and then lastly, like just put your hand up for stuff. If you want to learn how to do something that is, you know, you know, presenting to, you know, more than 10 people when it makes you, you know, your, your heart just like races and you, you're not good at it, then, you know, just keep on doing it. Put yourself out there um, and put your hand up for it and, and then practice. So, yeah, I mean, I hate the sound of my own voice and I'm doing this right now. So I'm very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I will never listen to this podcast. Um, right. um, but yeah, you just have to just go ahead and do it. Right. I love that. I love that. Um, and Lizzie, you have a lot of philosophy on building high performing teams. Um, what makes up a high performing team to you? So it's definitely, I've learned this along the way as well. I mean, it's never, it's, and I've learned it from um, previous managers as well. Um, first and foremost, it's diversity. I think, um, and may, this is particularly relevant for analytics and sort of data when you're coming up with hypotheses and you're trying to think of like how to solve problems and how to challenge things. I think having different points of view, different opinions, like different perspectives, it challenges your own way of thinking. I think when I first started off as an analyst, I was like, oh, I did it this way. So I'm going to do it this way again. It worked last time. Um, I'm going to continue doing that. Um, but in order to sort of like really create um, a great, you know, analyses, work products, you know, website, anything, anything you can think of to, to create something, you really need to have different voices in the room. And so I think first and foremost, diversity, um, I, I, building a team with complementary skill sets, so you can all learn from each other. So someone's strengths will be another weakness of someone else. So being able to build up people in your team um, and maybe this is like more relevant for leaner teams, but it also allows for more kind of growth um, trajectories. So if if I'm hiring two people that have exactly the same skill set, that next level for them, they could be competing for the same role. So I like to sort of like be able to see a clear path forward and for each person that I hire. And sometimes that means like, oh, it can't be the same as someone else because um, then you're limiting their sort of like their possibilities. Um, the other philosophy I have is like, you know, around like, yeah, as I mentioned, like authenticity, um, open communication, um, making people feel safe. Um, if, you know, whoever you hire has like the ability, you can see that they have the ability to do that, then, you know, that's great. Being a supportive of, you know, their team members. I think high performing teams need to be engaged and they need to be invested. And yes, a lot of that job is on me. A lot of that is on sort of the mission of the company and the products that you're building, but it is really to do with the camaraderie that you have with the team. So someone that needs to be able to be engaged in the team and the work, yeah. 
Awesome. So it sounds like that's for teams. And also I'm assuming too, that when you're interviewing, you're looking for those things as well. Authenticity, open communication, being supportive of team members, having diversity, different point of view, being engaged. Um, are there anything else specific, like when you're interviewing people from outside to join your team that you're looking for? Uh, I think I said it before, but yeah, definitely research on the oh, role yeah. of the company. There are so many, yeah. it's, it's actually like, you think it's like pretty straightforward and that they would do so, but like so many people that I talk to that they're like, oh, what does this game do again? I was like, oh, yeah. right. <laughs> yes. like, right. like you may be amazing, but I love you, but like, oh, I love your skill set, but also like you need to have, you know, a real hunger to ensure intent for the role. So right. Yeah, definitely do the research, um, you know, have your own story, talk about your own experiences, um, but also like what I'm going to throw at candidates is usually curveballs. Like a lot of people are very well rehearsed in their own experiences. And, you know, tell me about a time that, um, you know, you, you, you know, were given constructive feedback and how did you address it? You know, stuff like that. But I like to sort of ask questions around, you know, if you were at the skim, for example, and, and, and that kind of takes people out of their comfort zone and then you can really understand how they problem solve. So I don't, I don't really mind too much about the particular answer and sort of what you arrive at. I, I, I want to see how you think and how sort of like you um, sort of work through the problem. A lot of people, a lot of candidates actually were like, oh, I don't know how to answer that. It's like, ooh, like just have a go. You know, I don't mind if it's wrong. I love to see um, people having a go, people being curious, ask questions back to me, take, take your time. Um, that's mm -hmm. kind of what I'm looking for, yeah. It's funny, we uh, actually recorded a podcast that we're gonna be putting out too. And it's about, you know, talking out loud through the problem instead of just coming to a conclusion and saying something like, I don't know. It's good to just talk it out no matter what. Absolutely. And if, you, if you're freaking out and you're like, oh, my nervous system is going crazy, you're like, let me think about that. Like, give me, give me a little bit of time. Honestly, we, we really don't mind. It's actually really nice to see someone that's thoughtful mm -hmm. and someone that can take a pause. So yeah, don't be afraid to do that either. Take your time. Yeah. I also find it great too when people just say, you know what, I'm feeling really anxious right now or I'm feeling flustered. And it's like, okay, you can kind of just address it and then we can move on together. You know, they don't have to keep it all in and yeah. like everything's okay and they're freaking yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it goes back to like authenticity and being right. vulnerable. Like it'd be okay. Like that's it. And then and then honestly, that's gonna like elicit empathy from your, you know, whoever's interviewing you and they're like, hey, don't worry about it. Like I've been in your position. Right. I know what it's like. Take your time. It's okay. And I've seen this come up recently and I would love to get your perspective. Should people reach out to the hiring manager? Absolutely. I always say yes. I always say yes. Um, it can never be, you know, it can never be a bad thing. Um, I recently was reached out to someone and I didn't even have a role for them and they couldn't code. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to make you a role. So um, wow. it, yeah, there's honestly, there is, there is no, no, no like downside to reaching out to your hiring manager. The, the worst case scenario is that and, and I speak for, for, for a lot of people out there who don't get to their LinkedIn messages. I'm really tardy with that stuff. I'm so sorry. But like the worst case that can happen is that they don't get to it and then you don't get a response. So 
honestly, you will never get a neg negative reaction uh, to reaching out. Just be thoughtful around it, craft your message, tailor it, make sure it's, you know, not something you copy and paste. But, um, but yeah, absolutely. Reach out to your hiring manager for sure. Are there any final thoughts or tips you'd like to leave with our listeners? Um, I mean, I think I, I've said a lot of, but I think, you know, the fact that people are here listening to this right now, if they've made it this far is like, you're, you're already so far on the journey. Um, I, I think consuming what information you can, um, it's such a psychological draining process to do all the interviewing and stuff. Um, so like consume what you can, um, write things down. So I think where I slipped up was I didn't know what I wanted and I didn't know what I wanted for years and years and years. And I was so paralyzed by the fear of it that that made me sort of like, you know, do another law degree, for example. Wow. So, you know, yeah. like, you know, be clear about what you want because a lot of people when they're starting out, they're like, Ooh, what, you know, what does Amazon want? And what does Spotify want? But it was like, no, you know, put it, put it back to you, write it down. Right. What are you looking for? Are you looking to be, you know, a, a, an individual contributor? Do you want to be a manager? Do you want to like, maybe you don't know and that's okay. Like just write down anything that really appeals to you um, about working and then um, record what accomplishments you have, what feedback you have, just write it all down. And I think be clear around what you want because once you start getting into the process, once you start understanding what other companies want you may that may you know you may lose sight of that and then you'll get into a job that's amazing but that actually you don't really want so um definitely understand what you want and your non-negotiable sorry i can't even speak non-negotiables for sure yeah love that and lizzie what types of roles are you hiring for and how should someone apply we are hiring so much right now so if you are very excited about a mission-driven company then um, come join the skim. We're hiring for data engineers, product analysts, and then a whole bunch of software engineers, front end and back end. Um, and if you want to apply, you can come to www.theskim.com forward slash careers and reach out to me on LinkedIn <laughs> if I'm the hiring manager for sure. So if you want to message me, that's for sure as well. Do that. Love that. And the skim that's with two M's at the end. Correct. Yes. Love that. Okay, so we're going to just wrap up with some rapid fire trivia questions. Lizzie, are you ready? Oh, my God, I'm so not ready. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're fun, I promise. Okay, okay, please be nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the first one, if you could be any animal, what would it be? Ooh, wombat. Wombat, okay, I love it. <laughs> I love that. Uh, next one, if you could time travel, would you go to the past or would you go to the future? Oh, I would definitely go to the past. Who wants to go to the future, guys? We're on the brink of an apocalypse. Sorry. I agree. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Global warming. Like, no, thank you. Oh, I'm, my goodness. I'm oh, my God. Far, far back. Give me dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Yes. <laughs> and what is your favorite season? Ooh, it's, you know what? I think it's because we're in fall right now. The, the like the three days out of the year that New York has for fall is mm -hmm. incredible. <laughs> like before it turns into like slush on on the sidewalks and like just like snow and like terribleness. Yeah. Um, definitely fall in New York. It's beautiful. Yes. yes, highly recommend. And if you could have one food for the rest of your life, what would it be? Ooh, 
That is a really good one. You know what? I ask this one all the time. Um, like a Thai food cuisine or earth food? Oh, I'm going to go with Thai food cuisine. I love Vietnamese food. Mm. I traveled in Vietnam for like uh, a really long time by myself. And I felt so energized. There was, you know, it was so clean. And yeah. there's so many different kind of like noodle soups. And, you know, um, it's like not very meat heavy. So it felt really, really sort of energizing. So yeah, Vietnamese food for sure. Love it. And if aliens landed on Earth tomorrow and offered to take you home with them, would you go? Ooh, I'd be like, I'd be like, ooh, what's the temperature? Of it? I'm like, what's the temperature matter? Yeah, what's your weather like? Lizzie has questions. Like, yeah, yeah, I got questions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I gotta do my, I gotta do my yeah. research. Yeah, yeah. I need to scope this out first. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, can I, do, do I get a plus one? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yes, maybe, maybe. Big question mark, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Lizzie, thank you so, so much for joining us today. It's been so much fun. And you shared a lot of really helpful information that's just going to help so many of our listeners. Um, so everyone, please check her out. And where can people check you out? Oh, you can find me on LinkedIn. I'm Elizabeth Wong, sir, and just you know, you might have to Google me, Elizabeth Wong and the skim, but yes, that's where you can check me out. Or you can email me at L-I-Z-Z-Y at the skim.com. Thank you so much, Lizzie. Thanks, Lizzie. Thanks, guys. This is so fun. So fun. If you like what you heard today, give us a review or download the episode. And if there's something you want to hear more about, have a question on, or a topic you would like for us to cover, you can record a voice memo and email it to us at hello at the atlasgroup.co. We're also on LinkedIn. You can search for Adrian Dinkelacher or Lorene Dinkelacher. Don't worry, our names will be written in the show notes. Our site is theatlasgroup.co, where you can also find more information on our free membership group and download a free resume template. If you identify as a woman or fall into any category that has been historically underrepresented in tech, you can sign up for a free 30-minute resume review session on our website also. Until next time, bye.